0: It's now time for the sports pen on ESPN, UP Tanner hoops with you Friday afternoon as we make it through another work week. Glad that you're with us to kick off your Friday and hopefully what should be an excellent weekend. Ryan Stieg of the mining journal is with us today, a usual Friday guest and, uh, Usually we talk a little high school football. We'd be getting set to you know, maybe go to a game. I'm not tonight. You are. Uh, we had a lot of Thursday night football in Week 9. So plenty of our area teams have already played their Week 9 game. Blowout wins for Westwood and Ishpeming. Nagani surprised me uh, quite a bit, losing by 44. And then you've got Gwyn and Marquette trying to make their postseason cases tonight. So plenty of good football around the UP. I like the Thursday night football concept and it gave the locals here a chance to get away from that abysmal showing that the NFL put on Thursday night football.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, I've said it before and I moved up here. Um, you know, during the Labor Day week you know, before the lab- before Labor Day, the week before Labor Day, schools can choose to play on Thursday or Friday. And then the last week of the regular season, they can choose to play on Thursday or Friday. It's even weirder in Minnesota, because we- schools can play on Wednesday mm-hmm. if they want to. So it it's a little unorthodox, but it's also kind of fun, because it- you're not stuck in the zone of always Friday. You have some Thursday mix-in. Our part-timer got to go to the Western Nogany game last night. Um, it's-, it- it's just a little... It's a little odd, but it's kind of fun mm-hmm. in some way. And then uh, I'll be at Munising, at uh, Gwyn at Munising tonight. So it'll be our first, the journal, I think this might be our first time ever going to a regular season game in Munising. Mm. Uh, it, it's just too difficult on deadline to get back in time, but they're both trying to fight for a playoff spot and it's the closest game to our area. <laughs> so you combine those two together, it's where I'm going to be at.
0: Who would have thought in Week Nine you'd be making your first trip to Mutasing? Isn't there supposed to be snow on the ground by now? Yeah, uh, uh, it's like know, fifty out
1: there. Yeah, it's it was weird because it was there was flurrying earlier in the week, mm-hmm. and you know yesterday it got like sixty five. It was or nice. Like it was nice yesterday. Tomorrow was going to be thirty. Yeah, and uh, then it's going to be really cold, and then I'll be in the dome for the, for the NMU game, so uh, you know I'll be in the right spot. But uh, I just hope it doesn't get too cold because I will be standing mm-hmm. out there. So in the cold instead of in the press box so but uh I'm excited to go out there I've I've seen basketball games I've seen volleyball games but I've never seen a football game so it's gonna be fun
0: let's talk about that matchup Gwen postseason hopes on the line tonight if they want to get in and punch their ticket for sure they're six and three otherwise they're waiting till Sunday as a bubble team they have impressed me this season I think Dion's done a fantastic job over there you look at what they've dealt with and they should be a playoff team. The question is, will they be? Last week, you know, they struggled a little bit offensively. Their defense was the real deal last week against West Iron County. What do you look for in tonight's game with Muniz? I,
1: I think both teams are just going to be ready to play. I mean, Gwynn can guarantee themselves a spot, and then they got to be on the bubble with 5-4, and four, which they have... A decent shot of getting in, but you don't want to be in that position. You want to be on Selection Sunday. You want to see who you're playing, not if you're actually going to be playing. And that's the situation Munising could potentially be in. Um, Munising just... Last week they are playing the buzzsaw that is Ishpeming, so I don't think you really got a representation on who... really how good Munising is. They're a good team. They got a good quarterback. They got a good... Wide, they got a good receiving core. They got a good running back. You know, it's just... As you've seen, Spring's <laughs> just they're just rolling right mm-hmm. now and they're just rolling over everybody and it's they're going to be hard to stop. So I think this week it's going to be a good game. Um, you know, I'm expecting Gwynn's defense to show up. I'm expecting Munising's offense to show up and we get those two clashing. And it's interesting because Munising has a big white big receiver and Jesse Matson and Gwen is a big receiver, and Tucker Taylor. And you're see quite a few passes going to both of those mm. players. So um, I, I think it's going to be an even game, and I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen. I'm always intrigued whenever I go to high school football games, but just because there's so much on the line here, it's just it's it's a lot of question marks, and
0: I like it that way. Yeah, Marquette taking on Montemani tonight, and the conference title on the line. Marquette hoping that a 5-4 and four record... And the title of Great Northern Champions will be enough to get them off the bubble come Sunday. They should win this one on paper. A 1-7 Maroons team. But you know that they're better than that record. And they would love nothing more than to spoil the season for the Redmen.
1: Yeah. With Marquette, it's like the resume, you're wondering if it's going to be good enough, because uh, it's all about point totals. I mean, whenever you see you know the pairings that come out, you know there's a guy who runs a Twitter feed called "Snooze to You." I'm still not figuring out why he called it that, but you know he puts out you know a mapatology which will tell you where he thinks it's going to end up. And Marquette is not on there right now, but if they win tonight and maybe get a little help, they might be able to make it in. Um, I don't know. It's well. One, they need to get a guaranteed win tonight. They need to do that. But I don't know. It's it's you need other teams to lose. You need other teams to win. It's just uh, I don't know. I I think I think I think Gwyn if they don't get that sixth win tonight, has a better chance of getting in than
0: Marquette. Does. I would agree. Yep. Yeah. But you look at Marquette's season. I think they're good enough to get into the postseason. They're a and team potentially that potentially can get a win. In the ex- exactly. Yeah, and they they have had a few breaks not go their way where they could be six and three, seven and two comfortably. On the flip side, those things tend to even out. and They could very easily be. Three and six, two and seven. If a few breaks went the other way, so I think uh, all in all those things even out. I'd like to see them get into the postseason, but like you said, it all starts tonight. They got to take care of business and get a win against the Maroons. Yeah,
1: it's I, I. I've seen Marquette play twice now. They're they're a good team. Mm-hmm. It's just I feel bad for them because every year they have to play the Traverse City teams to start the year, and they usually and they start zero and two typically. Um, people are trying to tell me they can't remember the last time that they actually beat one of the Traverse City teams to start the year. So it's, I, it, they're in a tough spot to start every year, and then they have to play catch up and get back to five hundred, and then they have to start getting wins. It's, uh, they're always in a tough spot, but you know, they're good this year. They've got some good players. They got a good quarterback. Ethan Mardish is going to play D two ball potentially, maybe D one ball mm-hmm. somewhere and at wide receiver and uh they've got a good defense you know got a good kicker i mean it's just i feel like if they were playing in like a little smaller class it'd be even more successful mm-hmm. but playing in like you know d4 you know stuff like that it's just it's it's a little too tough for them
0: let's sometimes. go back to uh last night the area teams Ishpeming did what we did thought it, they did would what they did yeah i mean we we No one was surprised by it. We saw it coming. Plenty of time to get the second teamers a chance to get in, play a little bit. If there was any concern for Ishpeming, it would be that it was a trap game and they wouldn't take Mark River Harris seriously. Obviously not the case. They jumped on him early. They set the tone. Everything was working with them. They have all three facets going, offense, defense, special teams. Ishpeming is giving us no reason to think they won't. At least put up a, a a good fight to get to the dome this year.
1: Yeah, they're. Uh, they're I just, should say Detroit. Yeah, they're. the that looks like in Division Eight, the road to Ford Field goes through the UP. Easterns mm-hmm. coming in undefeated, they're going to have a home game in the first round, and potentially could have a home game throughout the playoffs until they get down to Detroit. Now the semifinal will probably be played in the Superior Dome, because that's how it's just gone, you mm-hmm. know, create the hype, everything kind of thing. Um, and usually it's kind of cold playing outside in the I'm sure the Hematites would love that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, kind of an advantage, but uh, they usually stick in the Dome. I, I really think they could do it this year, after what I've seen. their def- And that, the idea that it could be a trap game last night, Jeff makes sure that his team knows to be ready. That mm-hmm. they have to put the game away and just, you know, make sure to focus on the game and not looking ahead. Because some teams look and they're already in the playoffs. They're undefeated. They're thinking about who they're going to play. And they forget about the team that they're supposed to play, and they got the job done. And uh, I think they're going to get past the first round. And then it just depends on who they get after. That.
0: We're excited to see the brackets come out, and again, who's in, who's out. We know Westwood is going to be there. They are a team I think has flown under a lot of people's radar this year. 7-2, and two, five straight shutout victories. They are rolling into the playoffs, and they do so with a statement win last night. Give me your thoughts on the 44-zip win <laughs> over Nagani. Well, I, I wasn't there, but
1: I was trying to keep track of it um, with, you know, the ESPN-UPF, mm. of mm-hmm. course. Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it just, I, I was just surprised in the fact that they just steamrolled Nagani. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nagani had a chance to lock in a playoff bid and just didn't show up. I mean, and then Westwood was already in the playoffs and is secure. It was, I think still had hopes of maybe hosting a game in the first round. Still probably not going to happen, but they made it look like they definitely could. Mm-hmm. I, I, at the start of the year, I thought Westwood, had a great chance to win the West Pack. I thought they'd go far in the playoffs, but I think those two stumbles maybe, you know, took not necessarily from me, but from other people's eyes that maybe this isn't the year for Westwood. I mean, the pieces are there. I think they're, uh, I think they could go far. I think they could, I think they're going to get past the, f- I think they're going to get past the first round. It just depends on who they're going to get the rematch, potential rematch with Kelly and Matt could be fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's going to be in Calumet most likely. So I think they're going to be more ready to play than they were when they played in the regular season if they end up getting the Copper Kings. I'm just. I'm excited because I want all the teams around here to do well. And it looks like two are in for sure. One will probably get in with Gwen. Mm-hmm. And then Nagani's playing the waiting game. Going into the game, they were one of the first four out. Now yeah. they're really playing the waiting game. Mm-hmm. Now they're really on the bubble. And. uh, I know mean, Marquette's still got their slim hopes. Munising's got their slim hopes. Um, with Munising tonight, not only do they have to win, they need other teams to lose too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's Sunday's going to be a fun night. I always look forward to it. Um, Sunday's supposed to be my night off, but I'm sitting there glued to the TV just like the other teams are because I want to see where I'm going. <laughs> well, I wanted year. to
0: ask you that because every team seems to have their tradition, what they're going to be doing, where they're all going to meet up and watch a show. What? Is the tradition in the Steeg household for Selection Sunday? Well, for me, (laughs) I'm usually by myself. Mm.
1: Because, you know, my wife will usually be working at the Mm -hmm. hospital because she's a nurse. But, uh, I, you know, as soon as it starts, I sit down and, you know, I'll, I don't know, whatever I'm eating at the (laughs) time. I'll usually either order in something or I go get something and Mm -hmm. bring it back and I just watch and I'll take notes, you know, to make sure I got all the pairings right. And, uh, they've been doing it lately where they do the lower divisions first which is the ones i focus on because that's you know the area teams like the you know nine uh eight player d8 d7 d6 you know stuff like that so that's where i'm riveted And once you get to the higher classes i mean i pay attention but you know i stop you know really being focused in on it so it's something i look forward to and uh i'm hoping it all shakes out well
0: We're excited to see how uh, it works out tonight in favor of the model towners and red men, at least we're hoping for. A lot of questions are going to be answered here uh, by the time we sit down next week. We'll be getting ready to see where we're heading off to next Friday night or maybe even Saturday.
1: Yeah, it's – I was, you know, the Toast team gets to decide whether it's going to be on Friday or Saturday, and uh, it's kind of – we prefer – Saturday because we can actually go a little further outside the area, maybe and cover games instead of being on the tight deadline like mm-hmm. Friday night. So I'm hoping one of the teams will pick Saturday because that's what I'd love <laughs> if they get a home game. But
0: somebody goes downstate, maybe. <laughs>
1: yeah, maybe if that happens. But that's how it goes. So, but I'm I'm already looking forward to it. I mean, this week, I'm excited for tonight, but I'm even more so to find.
0: The excitement builds every week in high school football. We just had the major pro sports equinox the other night with all four in action. We've got Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal. We'll take a timeout. More in the Sports Pen after this on ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP mobile app. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, the Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday is back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize. Only at Ojibwe Casino in Baraga and Marquette. Tanner Hoops joined by Ryan Steig of the Mining Journal here on the Sports Pen. Glad that you're with us on this Friday afternoon. Uh, let's talk a little baseball. We've got a pretty important game coming up just about five hours to the south of us at Miller Park. Dodgers with a chance to punch their ticket to the America, uh, to the uh, world Series against the American League champion Boston, who solidified their spot last night with a victory over Houston 4-1. to I was surprised by that. Boston in five against the World Champs, and they do it three games on the road. I mean, I was surprised by that. Were you? I
1: was very surprised by that. I, I thought after Houston won that first game, and then Boston won the second one, I'm just like, this could potentially go at least six, probably mm-hmm. seven maybe, and then Boston just took control. I mean, you know, you, there's always going to be that controversy with the catch that was made, you know, about the interference, and I can understand people being upset over mm-hmm. it, because in my mind, it wasn't fan interference, you know, the man's glove was in the stands when it happened, I don't know, Joe's West, Joe West's argument was so bad, uh, I, just, I, I just went with what I already did, <laughs> and it's just like, you didn't even look at it that close, so, I mean, but that's Joe West, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of him, but there's going to be that going on. I mean, Verlander had the guy, you know, that pitch was right there, and then the very next one, Martinez goes yard out, mm-hmm. and it kind of just sucked the wind out of the building. I mean, it, of course, former Tiger J.D. Martinez tees off on former Tiger Justin Verlander. It, uh, I, Boston's looking really good, mm-hmm. and they're doing it with home runs, um, where you look at that lineup and you're not thinking that's a lot of power hitters mm-hmm. you know you're you're thinking that's just a lot of good athletes that just hit the ball well but you know now that they're hitting for power i they're going to be tough to beat and uh you know i'm i for for a stretch you know boston was in it like constantly and it got kind of repetitive but now that they're back in it i'm not so sore about it when it used to be like boston new york constantly it just it got like I don't want to pull for the AL. I'm pulling for the NL teams. But, no, it's like, you know, if Boston wins it, nah, it's okay. But I'm more so, I'd like the Brewers to win. I'd like the Dodgers to win. Dodgers are in a long drought. Milwaukee's never won it. And Plus, everybody would get excited about here if Milwaukee won it.
0: Well, you see Boston and for, you, everyone knows what they've done. 108 wins, 54 losses, a franchise record. They, Like you said, they had a lot of great athletes up and down their lineup. They've always had great pitching. But now their offense is starting to peak at the right time. They look like a complete team, and that's what I thought Houston was more than anybody else in the playoff field. But now Boston looks very much that way. It's, It's interesting how it's
1: just turned, and it's – that's how weird baseball can be. You can, you know, look like you're secure, you're ready to go, like you're just going to steam your way through the playoffs, and then you'll hit a wall. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you'll look great in the wild card game, and then the ELDS, you look bad. And then, or you look great up to through that point, and then, and then the championship series, you look bad. It's, baseball's a funny game in that regard, and Houston went from... Potentially the front runner in the AL, to now they're going to be sitting at home next week watching another team win a championship. So ah, that, that's got a sting because it looked like they were on pace to win back to back titles, mm. but uh, now who knows what it's going to be. I'm looking forward to tonight. If there's one bad thing is that I don't get to focus on baseball tonight, you know, I was prepared, you know, I was hoping, oh, man, I wish they'd play Saturday because mm-hmm. I could <laughs> game six. And hopefully they will. Yeah, and hopefully they will. But, you know, where I can actually watch in depth, lengthy, you know, and give a good analysis. But uh, I'll be multitasking tonight. <laughs> so, but I am I think it's going to be a good game tonight. I think. I think Milwaukee does it. I think they're really sore that they kind of – Flopped out in LA the last two days, so last two games, so I think it's me good.
0: Give me the over under on Wade Miley facing more than one batter tonight.
1: I think he's I think he's pretty good. <laughs> I would say, I, and it was a little weird mm-hmm. what they did it but people are saying, well, that just means they're going to throw him in Game Six, and it's like, well, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's like, did he even need to go out there in the first place? I mean, it was just. I don't know. It was odd, um, but that's what you're gonna see. I think I think he'll do okay. Um, I think Milwaukee's gonna be in a better situation because their backs against the wall, mm-hmm. and teams tend to play a little more jump in their step when they have you know their seasons on the line. Instead of you know they could complete the deal, so I'm I'm hoping they play well. I mean they look bad. You know, in their last game, and then they lost in the thirteenth. And I stayed up till three in the morning, hoping that I'd see like an you know like a Milwaukee victory. And instead, mm-hmm. it was Milwaukee's bats have struggled. Yeah, they
0: have very I, much.
1: And I'm trying to figure out what the deal is. Have you been able
0: to? <laughs> I'm hoping getting back to Miller Park is going to help a lot. And just coming back in front of their home crowd and how well the team is supported during this magical run by the fans. They love their baseball up in this area. I'm, ex- I'm hoping that that's going to be the case as Milwaukee starts hitting for average again. They come up with the big hits, and they hit for power when necessary, but hitting for average just hasn't been there the last few games. I'm hoping being home helps.
1: Yeah, it's, it's weird because it's like they were like this on this tear offensively, and then they went out to L.A., and it was just like mm-hmm. the last two games, it's like they're just—now, granted, Clayton Kershaw looked phenomenal. Yes, and he did. Game, and I, I think he might have put to bed the idea that he— is terrible in the postseason. Kind of like
0: David Price last night.
1: Yeah, it's, I think that can just be put aside. He stepped up when they needed to, when he needed to, and they just, it, it was, it's fun watching good pitching. I mean, as much as I like offense, you know, I like home runs, you know, I like a lot of runs, but watching a pitcher out there just masterfully just mow through a lineup, you know, I've watched Verlander do it, you know. I you know back in the day I used to you know when Johan Santana's in mm-hmm. the Twins you just he'll rack up 17 strikeouts and it's just it's fun to watch and it was as as much as I was hoping the Brewers would win I was just like as just a fan of baseball I enjoyed watching that and I think Milwaukee's gonna win tonight like you said they're back at home they got the home crowd support they've played better at home than they have on the road so I think I think it's gonna be good tonight.
0: Them. Well, as, as a fan of offense, then in baseball, you must love Minute made Park in the left field fence.
1: I, it's, you know, I tweeted last night, it's got to be a blessing and a curse mm-hmm. for Astros fans because it's like, it's right there. You know, teams can just get easy home runs and then you can give up easy home runs. Mm-hmm. And, and Mar-
0: I mean, Marwin, Marwin Gonzalez's shot.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was just like, it's just like they'll barely clear the fence. And people were talking last night on some of these home runs. That's a double in Fenway, mm-hmm. and it's a home run in Houston. And it, it's a weirdly constructed ballpark because it looks like it takes a long distance to hit a home run from to right field. And then in left field, it's like you just get good wood on the ball, <laughs> and it's in the stands. So I, I don't know. It's... It's. I'm sure, you know, from a home perspective, they guard. it's exciting. But if you're the visiting team, I mean, and you're a right-handed batter, it's like you know there's a great opportunity right there.
0: Ryan, I'm going to throw some trivia at you and put you on the spot. We'll okay. see how well you've been listening to ESPN-UP today. Uh, used it this morning during my update. When was the last time that someone beat multiple 100-win ball clubs in the postseason?
1: Oh, boy.
0: Boston did it last night. Uh,
1: That's a tough one. Beating
0: New York and Houston. When was the last time that somebody (laughs) did that?
1: God, I want to say it. Is it Boston? (laughs) It it is Boston. (laughs) Boston (laughs) did it. Uh, You know, I guess. What what year was it?
0: 2004. Okay,
1: so the magical year. Mm -hmm. uh, Which, you know, was... Appropriate. I mean, I have friends who are Cardinals fans who are excited that they were going to win the title, but as soon as Boston made their comeback, I mean, mm-hmm. it was almost like it was meant to be, and it's just like you knew St. Louis was going to lose because the story was written. It was perfect, mm-hmm. and it's. But uh, they
0: got their title a couple of years later against the Tigers, anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. You know, which I'm sure sticks in the crop for a lot of Tigers mm-hmm. fans. I think 2012 hurts more than 2006 mm-hmm. um, because they had such an ace rotation and they were playing a Giants team that was good but mm-hmm. not great. So and they got swept. So, but getting back to getting back to the Brewers tonight, I I'm I've never been to Miller Park, mm-hmm. and people said it's a, just it's a cool place to see a game, and I'm hoping to eventually go down there maybe next season, and uh, I think it's going to be rocking. I think. I think Milwaukee shows up to play at the start. I think they get on the board early and, you know, they turn it over to their bullpen, which at times has looked good. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times where in the playoffs where you're just like they're struggling to get outs, they'll get let base runners on base and for the most part they've been able to dodge bullets, mm-hmm. but uh not not the last game. <laughs> no.
0: No, and their their bullpen has to be good because if there is one obvious advantage they have over the Dodgers it's the bullpen really they have that advantage over anybody if they match up with Boston the World Series they'll definitely have that advantage over Boston but they have to be able to use that advantage Hader has done his thing Jeffress has been kind of a roller coaster here in the postseason yeah. they need those two to set the tone plus you throw in guys like Corey Canable and that bullpen has to be locked down the Brewers were a team in the regular season if they had a lead after six innings I mean, good good luck. luck. You can call the game then. <laughs> yeah. That's not been the case in the playoffs. It's gotta be if they wanna be a serious World Series team.
1: Yeah, and uh they're playing a good team. You know, the Dodgers, you know, are on the cusp of making the World Series again. They're eager, you know, they're they feel like they should have beaten Houston last year and they wanna end that title drought and it's it's not gonna be easy. But like you said, the bullpen has to bring their A game tonight. They can't be shaky against an L.A. offense that's very potent, as you especially saw in the last game. So I'm very – most of the playoffs I've been secure when they go to the pen, but not so much now. It's like they're going to need a good outing from Miley and maybe a deep outing from him, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe 7 um, at least six. <laughs> you know, they, he he can't get pulled after the fifth. You know, I know the joke now is after five batters, but you know he can't. He has to last quite a ways because you don't want to put all the pressure on the pen.
0: You don't have Brandon Woodruff either, no. and that's kind of the guy that you want to go long term with. Plus, you're thinking about a potential game seven. You have to think about it more if you're Craig Counsel than you would if you're Dave Roberts, because. You you have to get to that point. Dave Roberts doesn't have to. He can go all out tonight if he wants, knowing that he has Walker Buehler tomorrow. And the Brewers were able to get to Buehler the first time around. He's going to be really, really tough to do it two times again. So that's where the offense, if they don't get it done tonight, if they do enough to win tonight, they absolutely have to be Sterling tomorrow.
1: Yeah, and he's got Kershaw that can come in. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, he's got... Kershaw does his best for some reason when he's on short rest Mm -hmm. in the playoffs. So, you know, if, you know, Bueller struggles, you know, he can call in Kershaw, and Kershaw can just shut the door, you know, the rest of the way. So it's – I don't think Craig Council will be thinking seven until the Brewers start getting a lead. Because at that point, you know, if it's tied – you know you're thinking about you need to survive now more so on game 7 if they have a significant lead like they're up by 4 or maybe 5 then he can start thinking about more in depth of game 7 who am i going to throw out there how do i want to set up my lineup whereas now it's more so like the high school coaches we need to focus on what mm-hmm. we're doing tonight not what we're going to be doing Saturday
0: Ride Steiger, of the Mining Journal, our guest for today. NBA. After the break, this is the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP, the ESPN-UP app. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show,
1: the Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on
0: the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday is back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize. Only at Ojibwe Casino in Baraga and Marquette. Tanner Hoops joined by Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal. The NBA is back as of this week. Everybody has at least one game under their belts right now. Three games last night. Rachel Zerby is going to be happy. Philadelphia, 127 points. They get their first win over Chicago. Uh, Kelly Olynyk wins it for Miami. Last second shot to win 113-112 to 112 over Washington. LeBron, with his Laker debut at Portland, they fall 128-119. to 119. The Lakers have a legitimate shot to go a long way this season if the NBA suddenly puts an end to any shots outside the five-foot range for the basket. I mean, they couldn't shoot to save their lives out there last night. It almost looks like the same situation LeBron was in with Cleveland where he's just got no support around him.
1: He it's it, it's interesting when I thought he's going to the Lakers because he's not going to a team that's going to win immediately. He's going to like a rebuilding thing, you know. Eventually Cleveland gave him the core around him to be successful and get that title. But then that core went away, mm-hmm. and you know he was left to carry the team, especially last year, where it was entirely on his shoulders um and then now he's l a's got a lot of potential, and I know he he went out there because that's where players like to play, they want to play for the Lakers, he can maybe go out. At the end of career with another title, you know, maybe a couple more in the Lakers because eventually the Warriors end is going to – it's going to happen. Some people are saying Durant's going to leave after this season, mm-hmm. um, which I think would be a blow for them, probably a significant one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to end. I <sighs> – again last night he had to be the leader he had to take control he had to gather the team in the huddle and try to be like (laughs) you know if you're struggling then big brother will pick you up and it's like i mean i think he's okay with that now but i wonder at this point at some point in the season if he's gonna be tired of being the big brother that picks everybody up and is just having to be the guy because i think you know he knows he's a star he knows he's a a lock hall of famer he knows he's a legend you know some people are saying you know he he's even topped michael jordan at this point um i mean that's debatable to a lot of people but he's made his mark you know now he's kind of just wanted to he doesn't want to be like the only guy you know and i think he's trying to reinforce that but they need to be able to shoot outside uh, outside of right around the basket.
0: 7 of 30 from behind the arc last night. They've got guys that have proven they can play at the NBA level. Does LeBron make teams worse because they have to rely on him so much? It happened in Cleveland there after they won the title, and it's continued over to L.A. I mean, he's surrounded by guys that don't look like they belong in the same floor as him, right? I mean, Josh Hart outplayed most of his teammates last night. He was the second-best player in a Laker uniform.
1: Yeah, it's... I. I think he makes teams... I think they start off worse. Because, especially nowadays, because he's seen as the guy. And I think a lot of players, you know, rely on him to lead them instead of playing their own role and try to be more of a leader. And then later, as the years, then the players start to develop more. They get more confidence in themselves, and they're waiting. I think they still see him as the guy but if he's like guarded or you know like they're putting two guys on him they're willing to take control from that point uh and then eventually the team will split up and he'll have to go somewhere else to you know try to keep into it i i you know growing up i i was not a lakers fan because they've been so successful over the years and you know i i don't like winners constantly doing it over and over again. I enjoyed their long drought and then, you know, they had Shaq and Kobe and they did their thing for a while and then they had a little bit of a drought and then, you know, they got a good core again. So I'm hoping it'll be a little bit before they become a contender. I'm hoping the Warriors eventually will go away next year because, I mean, you know, I've said this before. I wrote a column about it. The NBA, I like the NBA, but it stops being fun when mm. the playoffs happen because you know who's going to be in the finals. I mean, it's like it's already been written. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, you're more excited what's going on in the East than what's going on in the West, mm-hmm. and the West is the better conference.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Everything's wide open in the East this year. There's parity.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like, where's the West? It's Golden State, and it's everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I think if Durant leaves next year and you know they start to split up you'll start to see another team take over a little more balance but until I mean this year the road to a championship goes through Golden State Mm -hmm. and uh, they'll have to just not show up for a series for which I don't see happening to just not win another championship.
0: Looking around the NBA slate of games tonight, we talked about uh, off the air a little earlier how bad last night's Thursday night football game is. The NBA is kind of following suit tonight. Look at the slate of games. Charlotte visiting Orlando. The Knicks at Brooklyn. Sacramento and New Orleans. Atlanta, Memphis. There's not not as many marquee games as you would like out there. There's Boston at Toronto is going to be the game of the night. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then Indiana and Milwaukee. A lot of people care about that one up here. Two teams that are on the rise over in the east. And uh, this might be compelling in the sense that we're both uh, from the Twin Cities area. Uh, Cleveland at Minnesota. (laughs) Seeing what a LeBron-less Cavalier team can do against Jimmy Butler and whatever's going on there. Yeah, uh,
1: the Wolves are a mess. And for me, as a native Minnesotan, I have dealt with a mostly down franchise, that it's been the Timberwolves. Every time they start to show any type of potential, they'll reach a peak like they did in 04, and then they weren't the same again. Now they're trying to get back there. They made the playoffs after a long drought, and now they're having infighting. So I had better hopes this year, but mm-hmm. with Jimmy Butler, you know, upset with everybody, you know, his coach and management, and his teammates, and I don't know, life in general, I guess. It's just, it's, it's, thr- it, it's like a disease on that team, and I just, it's not going to be their
0: year. I had Jake Duran of CBS Marquette in here yesterday, but I want to ask some similar questions to you, being someone from the Twin Cities. Uh, regarding the Timberwolves this year, Jake brought up a good point that the NBA, to really be a threat, For the NBA Finals. You have to have a big three. That seems to be the thing. Boston started that trend back in 08. And now it seems to have carried over. Golden State has the big five. And now everybody (laughs) else seems to need to have a big three. To be a serious contender. I would argue Minnesota has that. With Carl Anthony Towns. Andrew Wiggins. And Jimmy Butler. Those guys should be good enough to contend at least. For a top seed in the Western Conference. My first question is why aren't they? And second. If they don't take a step forward this year, if they make the playoffs as a low seed and get bounced in the first round, is that it for Tom Thibodeau in Minnesota?
1: I would say it would be it. I mean, he looks like he can't manage the roster right now with all Jimmy Butler's that Jimmy Butler fiasco and he's just I like him, mm-hmm. but it's like I feel like he was the pick, you know, just because he looked good with the bill the, with the Bulls for that short period and I They should, you know. If you look at LeBron's time with the Cavs, it was more of a two and a half. If you want to, (laughs) if you want to throw Kevin Love in there, because it's like he would look like he contributes a lot, Mm. and then he would like disappear for a stretch. So, but yeah, you need to have that core. It looks like the Wolves have that core, but for some reason they can't put it together. And Butler's probably going to be gone. If he's not gone mid-season, he's going to be gone at the end of the year. So. Then they'll have to find another player. And as as a Wolves fan it just I keep waiting for them to do something and it looked like they were going to and now it's just like they took a big step backwards when they actually should be taking a big step forward.
0: You think about some guys who would be potential trade candidates for Butler, and they're doing the smart thing and hanging on to him until they can get a good return back because you want to have something similar with talent, maybe just a different attitude for the locker room, and maybe that's the spark that they need. I look at Minnesota, and I know cap space is always a tough issue for a franchise uh, in that market, but I would love to see them do get rid of Jimmy somehow, find a way to clear cap space. Kemba Walker's a free agent after yeah. this year. I okay. think... I like that I think idea. You would lure him to Minnesota with a chance of, you know, we'd compete. We have enough talent here that we can compete. You're not going to do that in Charlotte. Come up here to Minnesota, play with Wiggins and Cat. I think it would be really compelling for a guy like him, especially if you can clear the cap space for it. I think he'd be a great fit in a Timberwolves system.
1: Yeah, I, you know, he's a good fit for the system, and he wants to win, you know. And you're not going to get that with the Hornets right now, You, mm-hmm. you know. The Tim Wolves are a playoff team. They have the pieces to even be a deep playoff team. Mm-hmm. And you'd want to play for a winner. I think that would be very enticing to him. And, you know, he's not a he's not a guy who would just throw his teammates under the bus or lash out at anybody. It's just he seems like a team player who's just ready to play his role and ready to step up. And I think that would be a great fit for not only him but the team as well
0: got the warriors visiting salt lake city tonight taking on the jazz it could give them a few uh, matchup problems i don't think you know utah shouldn't give them uh too big of a scare but they might give them some problems golden state the other night they won 108 to 100 but it wasn't as impressive of a win maybe as we were all uh you know, thinking of what yeah. this team should be, uh what were your first impressions of this season's Warrior Squad? Well, I I think they're just the team to beat just because of the core they have.
1: Mm-hmm. But you know, when you look at the last games like that, I say that it's still early in the year. Um you know, as even if you are a good team, you know you're just starting out. You're you know, you're know, getting back in the... I mean, training camp only does so much. You need game action to mm-hmm. actually flow as a team. And maybe they're just trying to get into the zone. They're eventually going to get into it, and they're going to be fine. But, you know, it might be just a minor rough patch to start the year, and, uh, you know, they're playing a pretty good team. So I, I would not be concerned in any way <laughs> if I like the Warriors. It's just, you know, it's just... You know, a little mediocre stretch. They're going to be fine, and yeah, that was my impression.
0: Well, let's touch on football here before the break. Uh, Last night, absolute debacle on Thursday night football. Had some good Thursday night games earlier this year, and the last two have just been awful. 45-10, Denver blows out uh, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Cardinals with news today as they fire Mike McCoy, the offensive coordinator they promote, Byron Leftwich, the quarterback's coach, is now the offensive coordinator, I don't know what the deal was with that game last night, but good for Denver and good for you if you had any Denver guys on your fantasy team, yeah. which I did. Yeah,
1: I uh I picked Denver to win that game. I you know, I thought it would be significantly closer and it just wasn't. And just a reminder that Byron Leftwich is still around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I completely forgot he was coaching. Um but you know, somebody put out um a, a stat on Twitter and they thought and they looked at how Mike McC- Mike McCoy calls running plays, mm-hmm. and they're almost always straight up the middle. And, you know, why wouldn't you, you know, change it up a little bit? I mean, I think, you know, they're talking about what he did with the Chargers and the team after that and the Cardinals. And it's like the running backs, like one of them was like 145 times up the middle, and then some of the other ones were like... Uh, 30 or 40 around end, and it's like why would you keep sending the guy right where everybody is i mean yeah i mean sometimes they'll make a hole and you can find you know something up the middle but that's where everybody's converging on i mean it just it doesn't make any sense to me so obviously he needed to go
0: for it, it just blows my mind that two years ago he was a head coach in the nfl yeah. and now now look what's happened Um, Odell Beckham is still trying to get us to believe that he's struggling with hydration after walking off the field in primetime, uh, the last play before the end of the first half last week against Philadelphia. He came out today and said that he's dehydrated because he doesn't like the sloshy feeling in his stomach water gives him. Okay. He's really trying to get us to believe it. Well, you yeah. know,
1: there's a substitute for water. Mm-hmm. There's Gatorade. There's Powerade. <laughs> you know, there's, there's other things that you could drink if water is not sitting well with you. And second of all, I've never heard of that. I've never heard anybody say water, you know, doesn't sit well with me. Aren't you, like, part water in, <laughs> you know, in some way? It's like, it doesn't make any, oh, it's just, he's he's trying to make lame excuses Mm -hmm. for his behavior and it's it's just sad at this point
0: as talented as he is from a Giants fan I'm I'm just having enough of everything that's going on it's like
1: he's as useful as he can be it's like like the drama you just have to have enough of it and Mm -hmm. it's like as a Vikings fan growing up it's like I used to marvel at Randy Moss in the first few years but after a while he would just was a jerk and he just he wouldn't try hard he, he'd he run slant patterns and dog it while he was doing it and then he'd leave before a game was ending and it's just you had enough of it it's like you don't want to be here then don't be here you know it's i don't know it's kind of like adrian peterson with uh mike zimmer when he was holding out on his contract and mike zimmer finally had it and said okay if you want to play come play if you don't i don't care you know you know and eventually he made it back, but I'm not big on drama, and he's he's good, but he's not legendary where you could get away with something like that. Someone pointed out you know the difference between Tom Brady on and uh how Tom Brady can get away with it, but Odo Beckham jr can't. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, part of that is, you know, people have their own biases in place. And part of that is Tom Brady's won Super Bowls and Odell Beckham Jr. hasn't. Now, if you had won Super Bowls or you're winning, like, multiple wide receivers, you look like a first ballot Hall of Famer, you might be get a little away with, you know, running your mouth and stuff like that. But no, he just... You're not in the same league, dude. (laughs) You're just not.
0: (laughs) Ryan Stege of the Mining Journal in studio with us. We'll take our last time out. We'll come back and we'll talk college sports and we'll get a look at hockey. All that and more coming up after this on ESPN-UP, the ESPN-UP app. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show,
1: The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the
0: ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Don't forget, Big Paydays back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize. Only at Ojibwe Casino in Baraga and Marquette. Ryan Steig of the Mining Journal, our guest in studio today. Uh, we transition into college sports, uh, college football. It's hate week up here in Michigan. You've got State taking on the U of M. Always seems to be a fun game, no matter how their seasons are going. I think back to... The punt a few years ago we all know what play we're talking about with uh, uh, Michigan fumbling the punt into the end zone. they're ranked second in the country at the time weren't they when that happened and then about that and then state comes in and scores in the last play of the game because of that uh, muffed punt so on paper Michigan should win this game but I'm not sure that they will
1: I that's also Blake, Ful- Blake Froling's favorite moment. Mm-hmm. He loved to play it in our Friday Funny segment. Well, he was the- a big, big Spartan <laughs> guy. Big Spartan guy. He's an alum. But uh, uh, fun story with that one. It's like I was putting up the pages at Deadline, and Michigan was ahead, and I already written the headline <laughs> for Michigan, and, like, I was all formatted. And then State wanted at the buzzer, and I had to change everything around. So I'm sure State fans enjoyed it. Right. for me on Deadline, I was not a fan of that. But it just... I think Michigan's going to win it, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's going to be the lockdown secure victory that some are. I mean, I saw you know the picks that the ESPN reporters put out where everybody picked Michigan down the line. I'm picking Michigan too, but... It's a rivalry game. Teams get up for rivalry games. State's down a little this Mm -hmm. year, but they still have this, we've beaten Michigan so many times. It's like you want to keep that story, you want to keep the Paul Bunyan trophy in East Lansing, which on a side note is one of the cooler trophies Mm -hmm. I've seen in college football. But it just, you know, they're going to be up for it. They want to keep their streak going. And Michigan, the pressure's more on Michigan now than Mm it is on State. You know, it's... You know, it used to be, the, you know, the press, a couple of years that the pressure was on state because they were having the good years. They were trying to get in the playoff where Michigan was trying to rebuild their program. But now Michigan's getting to the point where they should be at, and they want to hang on with it. I think this is their last hurdle, you know, until the Ohio State game. And you think this wouldn't be a hurdle because, mm-hmm. you know, state's down this year. But rivalry games always are, and Michigan struggles against state. So. It's gonna be a good one. Um, it's gonna be going on the same time that NMU is playing, so I'm gonna to have to like do a <laughs> kind of a picture-in-picture kind of thing, like typing about NMU and then having a side window to keep track of the game. But I'm, it's gonna be a good one. I know it's all the focus that people are gonna be on
0: up here. Noon kickoff in East Lansing. Both teams are ranked. Michigan sixth and Michigan State 24th. On paper, Michigan should not have much problems with it, but they always seem to just because Sparty has had the U of M's number. Nonetheless, I'm going Michigan 20-17 to in this one. They are still alive for the college football playoff after a week one loss. We wondered if they were getting on the right track because of their schedule. They proved last week that they're a deserving team. As they blew out Wisconsin, they've still got Few hurdles to go though, but a twelve and one Michigan team and a Big Ten championship to go with it. It's going to be really hard to leave them out of the playoffs, especially if Notre Dame keeps winning. That yeah. loss looks pretty good.
1: Yeah, if Notre Dame keeps winning and they can get best state, I think even if they lose to Ohio State, if they can like can all look good against them, mm. or if Ohio State trips in the uh, in the Big Ten championship, you can maybe make the case that they could be the last four seed. It's just it's they definitely need that if <laughs> if they lose tomorrow the season the playoff hopes are gone mm-hmm. and you wonder if the Big 10 championship hopes are gone too so i think they do it but like you i'm thinking it's going to be close i think it's going to be 27-21 mm. michigan i think and michigan will get up early And then State's going to play the comeback game and they're going to get close and they're going to make Michigan fans sweat a bit and they're going to be like, it's going to be like what it always is. But I think Michigan holds on this time.
0: How about college hockey? Big weekend for Northern as they travel to take on St. Cloud State, fourth ranked team in the country. State maybe or Northern, I should say, little underwhelming performance at Michigan State last weekend. You know, it was opening weekend, they're working out bugs, what have you. They did bounce back Saturday night to their credit. They raised the bar quite a bit this weekend as they take on one of the tougher teams they're gonna see, not only in the schedule, but one of the tougher teams in America. I yeah. mean, this is going to be
1: fun. It's uh, St. Cloud State's a trendy pick to uh, make the Frozen Four this year. Um, I think they're going to make the Frozen Four this year. They're just, they're loaded. Um, they got a lot of good returners. Jimmy Schultz is back. He was a Hobie finalist last year. They got good offense, and it's consistent offense. They looked fantastic last week when they played Alaska Fairbanks. And now, I mean, Northern was not good friday night you know and they gave up that late goal that they shouldn't have and then the empty netter did them in and then saturday they looked good for the most part i was watching the game um you know online they looked sharp at times looked great in the second period and then in the third period at the start of it you know they just kind of fell apart um you know, North uh NMSU had a carryover power play and then after NM, after NMU killed it, MSU scored like right after they killed it. And then they scored like something like twenty seconds after that. And then Grandpa Tony had to call a timeout, get his team situated and like I said in the story, it obviously worked. Because MSU did not generate a scoring chance pretty much the rest of the game. And, for, and just four minutes after enemy after MSU tied it during cricket, scored on a beautiful goal. That It just shows how capable he is. Because, I mean, like Grant said in the press conference, there were some NHL goalies who weren't going to catch that puck. And uh, I think Saturday they looked good. Friday they looked bad. They got to put together two good nights if they're going to do anything against St. Cloud State and they're playing on the road, which doesn't help, but St. Cloud State's good at home. I I'm thinking another split for Northern this weekend. I they look good. I think I think St. Cloud will win tonight and I think Northern will win Saturday. It just seems to be what happened last week. I think it's going to happen again. Um and then they'll come in next weekend for their home opener against Bemidji. Um I'm intrigued to see what the crowd's going to be like Friday mm-hmm. night because you know, the crowds weren't great all of last year and they haven't been great since I've been here. And then as the season progressed, you know, you'd start to see more people in February, more in March, the playoffs games look great. It was a sellout for the tech championship game. I'm wondering how many people are showing up. I know there's a lot of hype this year. If they were, I think if they were to sweep St. Cloud state, I don't see that happening, but if they did, then people definitely be coming in droves. And, uh, I'm intrigued by that more so than Northern playing their home opener. I'm more intrigued to see what the crowd is because people have been talking about Northern to me and around the community that they're excited for the season. I want to see if fans show up though.
0: Well, and, uh, you talk about St. Cloud and what they had this season, what they had last year—very disappointing in their regards. They were a top seed entering the NCAA tournament, bounced in the first they round. Won the NCHC, yep, and a lot of people's pick to uh, to go to the Frozen Four. And then they lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament. They uh, have a coaching regime change with Bob Motzko taking off for the Twin Cities. So they get Brett Larson, who just won national championship as an assistant, and Minnesota Duluth. He coached junior hockey 75 miles from my hometown, so partial to him. But he does a great job out there. And I know losing a guy like Bob Motzko is tough for the program. And by the way, the Gophers... Hit a home run with that hire. But I think St. Cloud did too with a guy like Brett Larson. And they don't seem to have missed a beat with him taking over for Motzko.
1: Yeah, and he came into a good situation too because Motzko had a great team coming in this year. That loss to Air Force was surprising. Air Force, though, is like that crafty team mm-hmm. that pulls an upset on a regular basis. It's like Northwestern football. Yeah, it's like they get in the NCAA tournament, and they bounce a team in the first round. They'll be that four seed that people won't expect, and then but St. Cloud just didn't show up that game. Usually when Air Force builds an upset, it's like by one goal, or they win in overtime or something. It's like kind of exciting winner, but Air Force was just in control that game, and I know... St. Cloud is just really bitter over that one, and they're going to look good this year, and I... (laughs) Brett got a good situation. I'm sure that's what enticed him to take the job, is... I got a really good team coming back. I got a team that could win a national championship. So that's probably the big thing that enticed him. Gophers hit a home run with Motsko. He was their friend right from the beginning. I know people were like, is Grant going to leave? Because he's a Gopher and he was the assistant coach. But the Gophers were looking at Motsko from the beginning, and I think then they maybe would have looked at Grant. So it's the Gophers did good. St. Cloud's in a good – sit. you know, St. Cloud's going to be fine. It's th- Things are good for both programs.
0: Anything around the college hockey landscape, any games this weekend that are enticing to you? I know uh, on my radar, Notre Dame is going to be about as close to my hometown as they're going to get all season. They're playing at Omaha tonight, and I know Omaha's down a little bit. You know, Dean Blaze is not there anymore, but they always are a fun team to watch for me. I enjoy watching those guys. Uh, Notre Dame, obviously, ranks second in the country. I think that could be a really fun series.
1: It it could be a good one. I like um, Minnesota State, again, got it done last Mm -hmm. weekend against Boston University. Um, They're an enticing team. A lot of people thought it's going to come down between them and Northern, who wins the WCHA this year. That's what I think, too. So I'm going to keep a track on their games. Um, uh, That's when that I'm really interested in, thing to keep... If if you make those two statement wins like you did to start the year, you know, let's see if you can keep it going. And they got a good series this week, too. Uh, so, that's the one that ties me. Your Notre Dame one looks good to me, too. It's... And, of course, the enemy St. Cloud State mm-hmm. one. There's... It's... I think at the beginning of the year, people are still trying to get into their zone a little bit. You know you know trying to figure out where their team is at and you know the marquee games aren't quite there yet but as the weeks come along you get the in conference you know battles you know you'll get like the random tournaments (laughs) that take place you know like i don't know there's the one in vermont and you know there was the one last year in vegas and you know there's some crazy stuff eventually beanpot yeah and of course the beanpot as well so it's and all the Beanpot teams are going to be good this year. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, that one's a lot of fun, too. So I, I'm not sure there's a lot of marquee games right now, but give it a couple weeks.
0: Not up. Let's switch to NHL as we're winding down here. Uh, a couple of goalies came back in uh, the National Hockey League after concussions last night. Matt Murray for the Penguins, Corey Crawford for Chicago. One did a lot better than the other did. Crawford has been missing the last 10 months after concussion symptoms, and Chicago has very much been missing him. It has been a revolving door in net for the Blackhawks. They missed the playoffs, something very, uh, very unusual for that franchise. Last night, they fall 4-1 to to Arizona in the return for Corey Crawford. Basically, it's the rebirth of the Blackhawks over there in Arizona. They've got all kinds of former players on that roster. Crawford, 30 saves. Uh, allows three goals. They lose four to one. That's that's a tough way to come back. I know he's missed ten months. He's not getting younger. He's you know still dealing. I'm sure with the uh, the symptoms, but I don't know. Have we seen Corey Crawford go over the hill, or does he still have another gear left in
1: him? I I want to say he does, but concussions do a number on people. Mm-hmm. You know, players regardless of the sport. Once they have a bad one, they think about retiring, and. You know, this very well could be his last year, and I'm hoping it's a decent one, because if he does decide to go out, you don't want a guy to go out flat. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe he has one more decent year, but concussions can hurt, and I think that's what's really hitting him. I think Matt Murray is back. He looked fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's the go-to guy in Pittsburgh. and the, the thing is with him is that he's got a good team <laughs> in place, whereas Chicago's starting to maybe start going to like a rebuilding mode mm-hmm. they had this dynasty for a while but they don't last forever so they're still good but they're not what they used to be whereas the penguins are fine <laughs> you know i mean they're starting to you start to wonder a little bit you know are they going to lose some of their maybe to free agency stuff like that but they're going to be good and they're a cup to contender this year so i'm not surprised murray was good
0: if i'm chicago My biggest concern isn't in net because you have a guy like Cam Ward who he's won a cup. You know, I think his best days are behind him, but he's still a capable goalie with the right defense in front of him. The defense itself is the big concern right now for Chicago. You have guys like Seabrook and Keith, I think definitely uh, have seen their best days go past them. You got to start rebuilding defensively, it seems, first and foremost.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to look where your flaws are and that's where the flaws are, they're they, you know, they're either they're really shaky, they're inconsistent, and you, you got That's where you start. Their forwards are fine. It's like the it's like the Red Wings. Their forwards are fine mm-hmm. too, but their defense and their goaltending's where the flaw is. Mm-hmm. Not that necessarily Colt Crawford is where the problem is, but like you said, they need to look at that defense and in the off season try
0: to shore that up. Well, you look at Pittsburgh last night, and they shut out the top offensive team in hockey. They post a 3 nothing shutout over Toronto, and we finally saw the Maple Leafs' biggest weakness exposed. We know they can score. You've got guys like Tavares and Matthews, but I said last week, I don't remember who was on with me, but I said last week, you can't get into a track meet every single night. You can't expect to win 7-4 to four every single night. Yeah. And that's what happened. Their defense still leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. Frederick Anderson is okay in net, but he leaves a lot to be desired. And to Matt Murray's credit coming back from concussion, he looked excellent, put up a brick wall against the top offensive team in hockey this year.
1: It's uh, it's funny with the Leafs. Cause you know, someone, I, I tweeted out that little um, clip that that uh, lady did where she t- to all the 31 teams and how to sum up where they are right now. And, uh, so she put up a pennant with the Leafs, and it simply says, we need a deep," Because <laughs> they can score. Their offense is very potent. But if you want to reach the Stanley Cup, you've got to be able to be good in all areas. And Toronto is not right now. I know some people are already predicting you know, oh, that this is their year. It's not. It's Winnipeg's year more than any Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're the best I, Canadian team. Yeah, they're... Winnipeg looks good. They're more so the pick to win the West this year. Um, I think I think Toronto's still a year away. You need to shore up that decor. You need to maybe get some better goaltending in there. I mean, Anderson's not bad. No. But, you know, it's like he's inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And it's... I just, when I saw so so many hockey experts were talking about how good the Leafs are, I didn't buy it. I'm like, I'm, they're fun to watch, mm-hmm. but this isn't the team that's going to go all the way.
0: Last thing before we sign off, Detroit falls again last <laughs> night. 3-1 to one against Tampa Seven Bay. 7th game and, losing streak. And again, Tampa Bay's a good team. They will contend for the Eastern Conference Championship this year, but the Red Wings are o five and 2 The road doesn't get much easier. Honestly, if they have any game with... Uh, their best chance to win before November it's tomorrow night at Florida because yeah we talked that, about that before I guess after it's like, that Carolina Winnipeg Dallas Columbus before we go to November
1: Carolina's improved yep Winnipeg's you know, great yeah Dallas is pretty good and
0: Columbus will be a playoff team
1: yeah so <laughs> I mean I didn't think they'd start the year this badly no, I didn't either I, didn't, I I didn't you know and you know some of the other reporters and I were talking about it that. What they're doing last this year is what I thought they'd do last year, mm-hmm. and this was supposed to be the progress direction. And this is, this is not. They're really going backwards, and just, I mean, they'll look good in glimpses, but yeah, they're. <laughs> I never, I wouldn't think that they would potentially be winless going into November, but they're just bad this year.
0: Ryan Stig of the Mining Journal, our guest today. Ryan, as always, thanks for being here. Look forward to having you on again next week. Okay. NLCS coverage this evening on ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP mobile app.